Hi, and welcome to Driving Leadership. I'm David Foster. I'm Mike Metcalf. And I'm Sean Pete. We want to discuss something with you today that your business can't run without. It's really in part a social contract between everybody in the business. It's the same thing that makes you believe that another driver will stop for a stop sign. And it's the same thing that makes you feel a righteous fury when that other driver doesn't go through with what he or she is supposed to do. That's right, we're talking about expectations. And maybe we'll start with people can't live up to the expectations that they don't know have been set for them. I agree. I, I think that's one of the biggest misses uh, in teams and companies is we start the calendar year uh, or we start the quarter or whatever. We're, we have all these natural starting points over the course of a calendar year and we use them with little to no intention at all. What do you mean? What I mean is like you look at, um, you look at, you know, I, everyone's favorite leadership guy, John Wooden, mm -hmm. right? He would take all the players on his basketball team, sit them in their lockers on the first day of practice and teach them how to tie their shoes. And it didn't matter if you were a freshman or if you were an all American, but that's how he started to set the expectation, right? The expectations for this basketball team will be this and basically held your hand through every single one of them. So if your shoes came undone during a basketball game, that, that's on you, right? Because the expectation was set. And I think a lot of companies miss that. We just, the first Tuesday in, in January is just the first Tuesday in January when we could you know, sit down with our teams, set the expectation, and allow the people on our teams to meet or exceed the expectation. Yeah, just quick Google search on what expectations means and uh, just says a strong belief that something will happen or be the case in the future. And to, to Sean's point, I think what John Wooden was trying to do is just establish the expectation of winning. Like, we're going to be successful, but this is how. You know, it's going to be that our shoes are going to be tied and that we're going to be neat and orderly in our locker room. And it, it brings alignment. It brings unity. It brings clarity. It brings focus. It allows you to eliminate distractions, things that, you know, may seem like they are important, but may not be a priority to the real goals that you want to accomplish. And so, but again, like you're all saying, if we don't establish these things, we don't know what they are. I, I agree with all that. I think there's three types of expectations. There's the expectation of somebody else or that you have for somebody else. There's the expectation that you have for yourself. And then there's the expectation that you have for your business or your team. And I think this week we're just talking about how we communicate and why we should communicate the expectations of other people. And, you know, Sean, what you're talking about is really, really clear communication, which I think is necessary. But you're also talking about the expectations representing how the organization works. And starting from a very simple level, that actually reflects one of the biggest complaints of employees right now is, I wanna say it's about 74% don't understand what is expected of them in their job. And that's not on their first day, it's after their first year, after five years, after 10 years. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So. 
No, I mean, we're, we're dealing with a certain extent of that ourselves. With We have a brand new company. Um, all sorts of people have this newfound autonomy that they've never had before. But nothing's been framed up because the expectation hasn't been set by the company. There are people in jobs right now that don't know what the parameters of that job is. So, so, so yeah, I get it. You're, you're right. We pretty important part of this. It's, I mean, sometimes it works out well, you know, a lot of some of the self starters and some people are self directed and they can read between the lines and figure out the strategy that that's necessary. But largely, you know, that direction needs to come from leaders. Yeah, I think, Sean, you definitely touched on a point that I hear in a lot of companies where inside the building, so to speak, or inside the group, people use a lot of indirect construction when they talk. It was said, this isn't the greatest thing. It wasn't said what our goal is for this project. And I think that points to a lack of expectations clearly communicated from the top leadership. Because I almost had a little, almost like a twitch when you said, you know, it hasn't, like the expectation, it, it hasn't been set. And I want to jump up and down and say, who hasn't said it? <laughs> right? Whose responsibility right. is that? And I think a big piece of the expectations are clear and well-coordinated job descriptions. Because without those, how does the company even work? No, I agree. And, and, and setting those job descriptions is the foundation, the framework, right? Not saying that, not boxing people in saying, hey, you do this and just this. It's, hey, this is the position. This is what's required and giving them the floor so they can build from there, giving them that foundational piece so they know exactly you know, where they need to go. Mm -hmm. We were looking at a, a job description recently and it was all over the place. I mean, it just had so much on it. it by the time you find somebody that can meet all these metrics, they're probably a liar or just not gonna probably be a good fit for it. You know, So I, I think there's even just from the you know, first base, we need to be a little bit more intentional about what we're actually hiring for and asking people to do. I agree with that because I see too many big box retailers that want bilingual PhDs as greeters. And I, <laughs> right. Right. I just don't think that works. You know, if we take a half step back here and talk about the communication first, what makes good communication of, a, of expectations for a leader? And the, the two things that come to mind first are, it has to be clear, as Tom Cruise said in one of those movies, crystal clear. And it has to be something that's ongoing. You can't just communicate it during the annual review when you're sitting behind your desk saying all sorts of official crap. Yeah, I, I, love, I love that. Uh, clear, I think, when I think clear, I think coming from the leadership group, you know, very clearly outlined, you know, not overly wordy, but just, hey, here's what we want to accomplish. Here's how we're going to accomplish it, things like that. And the ongoing part should be collaborative. You know, there should be some level of buy-in, surveys, you know, engaging with people so that the expectations become a part of the fabric of the organization so people contribute to them. Generally speaking, when somebody contributes to something, they're more likely to stick to it. So we've seen some success with that. You're talking about feedback. 
Yeah, yeah. Just getting feedback yeah. on the expectations. Hey, do, this is this is what we said we were going to do in January. Now it's you know we're going into Q Q two. You know, are we aligned? Does it work? Is it? Did we miss anything? Let's update what we talked about in January. You know, let's get some feedback on that, and then just build that into to it as you like you said as it's ongoing. Um, expectations should be a collaborative process. And 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 repeated. Um not when it deviates, right? Not not repeated only when it needs correction. Repeated so that it's again it lends itself to that clarity piece, right? You don't just reinforce the goals when the thing's off the tracks, right? You repeat right. it so that it doesn't get off the tracks in the first place, right? Yeah. Well, I think that kind of points to one of the biggest failures I had as a leader is I did not repeat myself enough so that people understood what I expected. And I didn't ask enough to understand, you know, where what I expected might need to be altered or brought back down to earth or something like that. And when you think about how complex somebody's job is and that they have to interact with other people on the team and they also have to pick up their kid at practice or, you know, they got to rush home to prepare for their wife's birthday, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things going on and a lot of attention is on other things. So I think repeating it, not in a pedantic, childish way, but getting people's feedback about it at the same time that you check in with them, how is that going? That makes, that makes an employee feel much more secure because they know what's expected of them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was just thinking, I don't know what my top five list would be, but I think one of the, the greatest challenges for leaders is what you said. You have to say things more than you think you need to, right? <laughs> and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm like, I get tired of saying the same stuff over and over again. They should get it by now. But the reality is, is that, you know, as much as I get frustrated with, I'm thinking about it, but a lot of times they're not. And, and we all know, like, it's good to be reminded of things. And, and it's, uh, I, you know, and, and you said, like, you don't want to do it in a childlike manner, but, you know, you think of a, of a college football coach who has to say the same thing each year, but people are rotating through that program. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's heard it as many times as, you know, the freshmen are hearing it for the first time, the seniors are hearing it for the 40th time but it's still important and it's no different in our businesses. People are rotating, rotating through, people forget stuff, uh, people move in different departments and, it, and it's up to us to, you know, it, it's like a broken record. You probably get tired of saying the same thing, but I'm telling you, keep saying it. <laughs> you, you mentioned the coach, it reminded me that I participated in a sport for, for quite some time and I was in year 14 or 15 and I had a coach who was very persistent, very kind. And we were talking about it one, we were talking about this correction I was trying to make one day. And I said, I've been being, I've been told this for the last 14 years. And I do actually feel like I kind of, I think I'm starting to get it. And she looked at me and said, yeah, maybe, but I think you should still work on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. But Mike, I think you bring up, you, you're sort of intimating a, a good point that there is formal and informal communication of expectations, 
right? Mm -hmm. And then there is spoken and unspoken. And that's a really difficult thing to, to stay on top of as a leader, because when you talk to somebody, when you make a decision, when you announce a change, how you do it is sometimes almost as important as the thing that you're actually doing. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, a lot of that just boils down to you, in some regards, even the hard ass people, you want to be liked, respected, appreciated, you know, in, in some regard. Right. And, and it, it kind of, it doesn't feel like it is when you're always the one riding people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I always got to come in and be the bad guy and everybody wants to do this, but the expectations is, so I got to be the one that sets the hard line and I got to do it every day. And so we back off of it, you know, wanting to be liked and appreciated and, you know, it's it's good. You know, when it, when you walk in the room and everybody gets quiet, you know, it's like no, that's an uneasy feeling. So we kind of soften up a little bit, but 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 you can't. Yeah, and we've communicated those expectations a myriad of different ways, right? We've <laughs> we've whispered them to guys, and we've <laughs> screamed inches away from their face <laughs> at some of the athletes to try to, uh, you know, sometimes you you just reach that point where you're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna jam this expectation down your throat so maybe you finally get it but uh but like i said i think you made a real good point about you know how you do it is is kind of the the unspoken part right and there's there is an art or a gift to that you know delivering bad news you know mike says all the time you know the reward and leadership every time you make a difficult decision you get rewarded with the opportunity to make another difficult decision right mm -hmm. but it's how it's how you, you make these difficult decisions and how you deliver them that makes all the difference. Well, I think yeah. you deliver some expectations by the way you behave. Oh, absolutely. Your, your, exa your example precedes you. And so when you think about everything from where you park to how you enter the building to you know how you address people, how often, those are all things that affect the way your employees work, the way your employees think about their work and how they interact with everybody else. You know, when you think about it, we talk about the stop sign at the, at the top. The biggest reason that you expect somebody to stop at a stop sign is because that's what you usually see. So mm -hmm. if you're the leader and you usually don't talk to somebody or you usually do, and then you don't, or you, you do whatever the opposite is, that communicates something. And that communicate, what you're communicating might be as strong or even stronger than, you know, a nicely worded email or a reprimand. Yeah, I feel like, you know, as the, the leader, you're doing the, uh, the interview like wants to get the people on board but once they're on board they're always interviewing you you know <laughs> you're, you're always the one being evaluated and they're to your point looking to see what's okay what's not one friend of mine was uh coming to a deal with somebody who worked for him and they were trying to figure out the schedule for a project and there was a lot of back and forth i happened to be hearing the whole thing and when they got to the point where I considered they had made an agreement, my friend said, okay, so you and I just agreed on these three things, and if the third one doesn't happen, then this other thing happens. 
and the other person looked white in the face. That's not what I agreed to. And it took twice as much time for them to hash out what was actually going to happen. And I remember that example every single time I go to talk to somebody in a business because I almost, I almost want to put money on that what I say, no matter how clear I'm trying to be, is I'm, I'm just not able to communicate it very well, right? And when you talk about expectations, when you talk about somebody's job, I actually had somebody that I worked with very closely for a number of years and we talked about a project. It was a great thing that she wanted to do. And I had some things to add to it and some things to change, which she agreed about. Came back into my office an hour later and sat down and said, I have no idea what you meant. <laughs> Not in a mean way, yeah. but you know, good for her that she raised her hand and said, I, I just don't know what to do. That's a tremendous amount of courage for her to come back in there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, let's be clear. That's a pretty big mistake on my end, or a pretty big miss, let's say. And if you're a leader and you've got a team of people, and whether that's three people or 30 people or 300 people, you have to think that how far away are you from the national statistic that 75% of them don't know what they're actually expected to do in their job. So we could talk about how expectations become unclear or muddy, or as people in Alcoholics Anonymous are fond of saying, expectations are premeditated resentments. Hmm. <laughs> really? No. So poor communication is one of them. If you're not focused on trying to help the other person understand and you're not asking enough questions and they're not repeating back to you what they understand. I think that's one obvious thing. Absolutely. I think the second is, like you said, the strength of your example. Right? If, you're, if the expectation is mm. one thing and you're doing a, 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 a bunch of things that counter that, well, muddies, muddies the expectation, right? Oh, wow, he says, you know, everyone's supposed to be here at 8. Well, everyone gets here at 8, but the boss gets here at 8.15. Right, like just even something as simple as that. The strength of your example, I think, is the quickest way to muddy the waters. Yeah. So that would be the difference. It would be a difference between what you say and what you do. Absolutely. A lot of people, one is kind of to your first point, David, I think how people like to be communicated to, we probably need to put more thought into that as leaders. Sometimes the company-wide email just does not work for people. <laughs> I mean, you could mm -hmm. think you've crafted this thing magically, and they're just, I've done it. And, hey, so uh, so is that next week? And then, so what time do we need to be there? And I'm like, I, I, it's all in the email, man. Like, I, you know, so, you know, just figuring out what kind of group you have. Some people, some leaders need to be, they need to do, have more FaceTime. It's just, there's no way around it. Um, some, maybe the company-wide email works, but I think, just thinking about how people receive communication is important. Mike, about the company-wide email, I think the next one you should send out should say, our next team meeting will not happen at 10 a.m. on Monday the 12th. <laughs> and then just see who shows up on that day. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Actually, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think there'd be a room full of people, actually. I want to go here. If the meeting's at 8 o'clock and the boss shows up at 8.15... 
that's communicating a certain expectation or it's destroying the expectation that the meeting starts at eight. What happens if the meeting starts at eight, but the bosses in this case are there at 730? I, I mean, I think it does the opposite, right? I think it sets yeah. the, well, you're right. It, it, it sets the expectation that on time isn't good enough, right? Late is, it sets the expectation that late is absolutely unacceptable, but on time might not be good enough if they're in a the room at 7.30. Yeah, it's a tricky thing, right? Because if you want your employees to be ready to go at eight and they're ready to go at eight, but you feel like, I mean, in your personal example, you feel like 7.30 is the right time to show up for an eight o'clock meeting. Are they supposed to know that from that communication in the email that says the meeting's at eight? They're not. It goes back to your point about like even, you know, being so intentional that you're thinking about what parking spot you're going to park at, right? Not everyone's <laughs> built, not everyone's built like you, but like there are people that, um, and a lot of high achievers that everything is intentional. Where I park, what time I show up, why, where I sit at those meetings, right? Um, and, and, you know, like you said, a lot of this is, is unspoken stuff. Um, but do we need to speak into it? I guess is the question. Like, do you need to tell people, hey, you know, like for us, you know, obviously we have a pretty unique relationship with time, right? So being mm -hmm. on time uh, for us is a huge deal. And the expectation is if you are, if you are one minute late, you're going on a three and a half mile run to the firehouse. <laughs> no, no questions asked. You just drop your, you drop your shit and start running. I don't mm -hmm. care what shoes you have on. And it's hilarious because we've had guests out there. You'll see someone come late, not say hello to anyone, just drop a duffel bag in the field and just take off. And all everyone's yelling at them because they know. Like all everyone else is excited because someone's got to run to the firehouse. <laughs> <laughs> Start making siren noise. <laughs> but that's the expectation, right? And so, so does that remain unspoken, or do you speak into that? You guys are making me jealous because the drop and give me 20, I think, would be a great thing in a corporate office. <laughs> right. Can you imagine what a yeah. train wreck that would be? I don't know. We're, yeah, we're, yeah. In a, we're, we're an HR-free zone. Is what we've, <laughs> we've, the deal we've made. Yeah, diplomatic immunity in our but, department. So, yeah. But Dave, the point I wanted to make was that it just seems like, you know, I think a lot of times we will take things for granted, you know, like, hey, an employee should realize I shouldn't park right in front of the business because that's taking a parking spot up from a customer. I should be on time to a meeting because it's respectful to everyone else's time when I am. It's disrespectful when I'm not. Mm -hmm. Right. But so many people like I don't think are going to are willing to set that expectation because they're like, oh, well, that you should know that. Yeah. Right. You know, there's a really interesting example. It's it's the 1954 book. It's called The Dodgers Way to Play Baseball. So when you made it to the Dodgers, they would hand you this book and you're already a major league baseball player and it tells you how to play baseball. It tells you, you know, where your feet should hit, uh, where your feet should be when you throw to second, how, you know, bunt situations, hit and run situations, the stance at the plate. Right, all these things that these guys that are in the majors are the best at what they do at this, but again, it, it's setting the expectation, right? Uh, Theo Epstein, basically, he's a baseball historian. He took this book and adapted it to the Cubs the year they won the World Series. Oh, that's cool. Same deal. Yep. Yeah, I, I would say like I think, and that was my other point uh, that I forgot. But just, I think one of the greatest enemies of 
establishing expectations is just assumptions. Like kind of like what Sean said. I mean, you assume as a leader that we want to leave the closest parking spaces for customers. Like that's an assumption. But if it's not posted, not discussed, not clear, it may not happen. And so uh, I think we have to definitely be on guard on what our assumptions are. And and nine times out of 10, whatever assumptions we have about the business are probably the expectations that we need to communicate. Especially when critical thinking is is disappearing faster than the than the ice caps. <laughs> Do you need ice caps to get a greeter job? I don't know. I think that those assumptions that you're talking about, Mike, are like psychologically necessary because we don't like uncertainty. Like we like a yeah. little uncertainty. We don't know if the movie hero is gonna die at the end, but mm-hmm we're pretty sure that the character, like the actor himself or herself did not die. So we like a little uncertainty, but too much uncertainty. And we start to get really anxious. Our cognitive performance goes down, our happiness goes down. And so those assumptions basically like come crashing in because without them, we're, we're just floating off in space and we don't know what to do. And so, the thing that I think one of the one of the big mistakes that I see leaders make is what you're talking about, Sean. Critical thinking. You should know that that row in front of the building is for customers and clients, and not for the. You, you can't park your your monster truck three spaces across and block <laughs> everybody's and block everybody's space. Not that any business in Charlotte would ever have anybody that has a monster truck, but you know what I mean, right? (laughs) And I think that those assumptions are also part of that, they're part of that social contract. We assume that somebody's gonna stop at the stop sign. We assume that somebody's gonna understand what we say. We assume that if there's, you know, a little gap or I didn't explain something exactly right, that they're going to figure it out the same way that I'm going to figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, unless there it's established, those assumptions are artificial boundaries or artificial shelters. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and like you said, you get disappointed when someone crashes through them, but Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that's our fault in the first place. Yeah. I think another thing that we do as leaders that is sometimes borderline nasty is if I come to you and say, hey, what do you think about this promotion? We're going to do this for this holiday. Oh, yeah, you know, maybe it could happen this way or that way, or we're going to have this event. Okay. And then they, that, or I come to you two weeks before the holiday and say, uh, can you just send me all the promotion material that you worked on? And you say, I didn't work on anything. Well, we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Who else did you think was going to do it? That is that is sort of the that is sort of the worst end of poor communication and bad expectations. And I think it's also linked to a lot of times leaders don't have a very clear grasp of how the business works, and so it's very difficult for a leader to communicate their expectations effectively, because they're not exactly sure what each gear and cog does. 
Yeah, yeah, and you, and, and that's, you know, I mean, we've talked about this before, that's where humility comes in, that's where, you know, it's important to say, you know, I, I'm, I'm high level, I'm coming at a, a leadership, ownership, management standpoint, I might not know, for example, for us, I might not know how the parts room works, you know, or mm-hmm. how all of this sub-assembly part of it works to get all the intricate pieces onto the car. That's okay. (laughs) There are people, hopefully, that you can talk to to help you get that information so that you can establish what those expectations are. Um, But that is a challenge, and it's up to us to take that journey and embrace what we don't know. So we've all all had bosses that, you know, come in. uh, They're over top of us. They have a light understanding or understanding light if it was a uh, a, a soft drink of, of what actually goes on in the company right they're you know they're on the periphery of everything and i think you know there's just makes it very difficult to establish an expectation if you don't even know what your company does right if you know your layer but none of the layers that make up the company um sure is hard to to, to put anything foundational down yeah, and and that's when you have to have the humility to ask for help to, you know, there's that junior level, mid-level person that probably does have an understanding that could help you communicate those expectations. You know, ask people for help to communicate clear. You know, we talk so much about clarity when we talk about expectations. Bring people in that can help you speak the language of the people that you're talking to. Yeah, the the latest Gallup poll about employee engagement, which is really connected to the ability to communicate and whether people know what's expected of them, said that 70% of the variance in engagement between good and bad, 70% of those reasons are due to the leader not communicating well. And if you're listening and you're a leader and you've got questions, figure out how to ask them and try to figure out some of the reasons that your communication is not working because that's only going to make your team or your business or your group work better. And David, why the, why, why do you think it's, you know, why do you think these leaders have an assumption? Is it because they think they've set such a strong expectation that, it, that an assumption exists or I, I personally think that it's a bit cultural, especially here in the West, we still have a culture of, if a person has a white coat or a badge or a few letters before or after their name, then they're necessarily right. And I think that that translates to the workplace so that if you have some version of the corner office or a title or the ability to ask somebody to stay late, that you have something close to right reason. So to exist in a culture that sort of thinks that way but to have to buck the culture and say, well, actually, I don't really know. I, th- I think that throws some people off. I think I know it throws some leaders off. Uh, and I, I can also imagine that there are some people that feel a little insecure if their leader comes in and says, you know, we have this problem and I'm not exactly sure how to solve it. But the problems that come up from not saying, I don't know how to solve it, are far worse than those sort of weird feelings of admitting that you don't know. Does that ring true for you guys as well? I would say 
Yeah, and my head went immediately to a another, I believe, Gallup study saying that two thirds of people polled uh, would trust their, excuse me, they would trust a complete stranger over trusting their boss. Mm-hmm. Just somebody that they just don't even know at all. They would rather trust that person than the person that they work for. So when you you think of the historic you know, precedent of I have the badge or the white coat, people are going to listen to what I say. That probably held true a couple decades ago, but it definitely doesn't work now. And so I think this is a greater cry for us all to understand that we, we have to communicate over communicating, you know, is probably just barely communicating to the people that are listening. And I feel like I've been painted in a corner here because I can't tell people to be better communicators without a massive degree of hypocrisy because every time Mike and I um, solicit negative feedback from our guys, first thing is uh, communication needs to be better <laughs> every single year, seven years in a row. So, um, Is that why you never answered my text? Yeah, I'm not great with the technology stuff. <laughs> I'm one level past smoke signals and uh, I'm in between smoke signals and carrier pigeons right now. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll send you a carrier pigeon. I, th- I think that, Mike, the thing you're mentioning, that people would trust a complete stranger before their boss, I think that stems from a lot of bosses, a lot of people in leadership positions have already done something to make their employees mistrust them. Yep, hit the, hit the nail on the head, and the... If you've already if you're already in a, a relationship where trust isn't there, uh, whenever there's silence, generally that just makes the distrust grow more, right? Like you think mm-hmm. maybe there's something to hide, or does this person really have my back? Or do they value me? Different things like that, and and we're all guilty of you know just letting our heads go and assuming the worst, and uh, and, and and you know we we see it so often in some of the companies that we work with. And, and nothing gums up the gears of efficiency more than that, David. Like you, the second you, you, the distrust creeps into your organization, that's what slows the whole thing down. Because now you don't take an order at face value, right? Because you're like, oh, well, what's behind this? Or you, you know what I mean? Like there's just so much more that grows out of, out of distrust in the organization that, um, you know, it, it's imperative. And again, you, we circle all the way back. It starts with the expectation and the communication of those expectations. Yeah. I go back to these really basic analogies a lot, I think, because it helps me communicate my incredibly simple ideas sometimes. But if we go back to the analogy of driving, and if you're driving down the highway and somebody starts to cross the lanes erratically, slow down, speed up, you know, almost hit somebody, what is our first reaction? Well, it should be to back off. Give this hold on a second. Hold on a second. There's a, probably a very different reaction in Boston than anywhere else in the country. So maybe, <laughs> yeah. So we're clear. Just yeah. So we're clear. We're, we're, yeah. What city are we talking about, David? <laughs> we're talking about pretty money, pretty much all cities except for Boston and Moscow. Okay. <laughs> if you're there, there's very little reason to just not ram somebody as hard as you can, <laughs> right? But, you know, when you think about driving and somebody doesn't do what they're supposed to do, meaning what you're expecting them to do, you, you pull away because it's safer. And I think the same exact thing happens in a 
leader employee or leader team relationship because if your boss or you are behaving erratically people are going to pull away whether it's silence like you're talking about mike or whether it's this like gummy dysfunction like systemic drag where where an awful lot of people are like showing up and being busy but they're not really being productive or engaged yeah i my brain just gets going in different directions sometimes <laughs> i uh we brought a uh bodywork therapist in to come help work we had our longest race weekend of the year so and i i brought her in but then i was out of the office today but i didn't communicate that she was going to be there so i think she was just hanging out in the uh <laughs> in the training room by herself for a few hours until guys were notified that she was there so uh definitely some you know when it comes to communication expectations you know i i need to i obviously got a lot of work to do myself but uh but, you know, hey, that's why we're here, right? We're all trying to help each other out. Yeah, so if we were going to start summarizing, communication's at the top of the list. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's in the yeah. middle of the list, and I think it's the bottom of the list, too, because communication is really difficult and complex sometimes. I think it seems easy from one person's perspective, but if anybody's ever played, like, the telephone game or had somebody repeat back in their own words what you meant, and it comes out as complete, utter garbage gibberish. Like, how could you possibly think that? And it's not even anything to do with the complexities of work. So focusing on communication is, is huge and realizing that there's more than just email, text messages, and what you say, but it's also how you act and what you choose. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was... To communication, 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 but also expectations need to be established on how we're going to treat each other when we're under duress or challenge. You know, like it, it's so important that people understand, you know, we've all had the boss that just flies off the handle and yells and rips people a new one and screaming <laughs> and when you see a person do that, then it's like, okay, that's what we do when we're challenged, right? Mm -hmm. There's a better way to handle that. You can outline the expectation. Hey, when things break down, we're going to be respectful. We're going to run to the fire. We're going to sit, you know, side by side and talk about it. Like these are things that you can kind of predetermine so that when things do happen, there's already a course of action for it. Um, I've seen a lot of success with that. And then just establishing the expectations of what happens when we fail, when we miss the mark, when we fall short, what happens, you know, how we're going to respond to that. What's the uh, the precedent? Um, again, failure is going to happen. It's not like you, you no one's perfect. So we're, we're going to screw something up as leaders, as a team, as an organization, but have an expectation of how we handle that, how we bounce back again being uh, proactive instead of react reactive is uh, is super powerful and, and david to go back to your point i think um you know good communication is complex um mm. you know complex in the delivery of it i think the recipe of it is far simpler great communication is simply intention and effort you know i think if you put those two things in communication i think you have a really you have a really great head start if you, you, you really think about, you know, how you deliver, when you deliver, what you deliver, 
And then you yeah. work your ass off to make sure you're heard asking, you know, people to repeat it back to you, asking them, you know, for inputs. And, and I think, like you said, um, and being humble enough to listen to it, you know, I think uh, that's where great leadership starts. I like Mike's example of the, the bosses that either communicate well or don't communicate well, because I think, you know, if you're the leader of a team and you still have a boss, you are responsible for the expectations that you transmit to the boss too. And I, I know of one example where there was a very uh, incendiary boss who often lost his temper and somebody who worked for him went in on a calm day and said, just so you know, I'm not going to do what you say to do when you lose your temper. It took a lot of courage for her to do that. But at the same time, that was the right thing for her. And so he still lost his temper, but she would circle back and say the next day, uh, we didn't finish our conversation about X, Y, and Z. Uh, can we talk about that now? Because I still don't know what we should do. And that's, you know, like good on her, man. That is yeah, great, great way to approach it. And when we communicate with our bosses, we have to manage those expectations too. We have to communicate clearly and we have to make sure that we're not over-promising to try to like look good or be the busy bee or win the prize or get the gold star. It's, it's just as important as communicating with your team. Yeah. Um, hoping things worked out isn't a, isn't a strategy. So, uh, <laughs> plan a course of action, set the expectations. It's up to us. It's, your, it's our job. It's part of what we're supposed to do. Totally agree. Well, I feel like we're around the bend on this and I feel like we also covered some really practical things for leaders to follow, communicate, 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 kind of like location and real estate. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. See y'all.